Looking for a way to keep your kids or grandkids entertained? Just tell your smart speaker to play Vision Kids Radio. Vision Kids! Problem solved. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Wonderful to welcome back to 2020. Charles Newington, National Director of Family Voice Australia. Hello, Charles. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Neil. Good morning. Charles, so much to talk about, but I really want to just perhaps set the scene because perhaps one of the most memorable lines from the whole election coverage is going to be the Prime Minister saying in his speech on Saturday night, I've always believed in miracles. What are your thoughts for the what some are saying is a miracle that's happened that the coalition has actually got up to win the election and a lot of these issues we talk about perhaps we have dodged a bullet yes it's um it's a wonderful phrase uh, and it's a wonderful confession uh, by the prime minister uh, in an age when um, faith is is being marginalised for somebody to say that and to point to his children and uh, that that are that are signs to him, you know, of God's help with the the conception issues that they struggled with as a couple. And uh, so he he lives with this this he lives with these beautiful children that are he knows are gifts gifts from God. And uh, so <laughs> so he he's got a personal story of faith in in a God of miracles. Uh, miracles is an important word because it acknowledges God. It acknowledges the transcendent creator, the one who is overall, the one who knows the beginning from the end. And just using the word is in itself very significant when a Christian hears that coming from the mouth of a Christian prime minister. Uh, others, perhaps without faith, those who might be you know, agnostic or even atheist in the way that they think about things, uh, they'd be thinking those are sort of a trite uh, religious expression. But there's a depth of meaning, isn't there, in that word? Oh, there certainly is. And it's an example of how language changes as uh, as the culture changes. You know, words lose their meaning or their meaning is subtly changed. And uh, and this wonderful word, word uh, the word miracle, is marvelous because it refers to God actually acting in time and space. Uh, there's something happening that that is evidence of the fact that, that God is actually active and present. And and the reason why uh, people conclude that is because they have something's been happening in their life and circumstances that was outside of their control. And so their hearts turn to God in prayer and they start to look to God because they know they don't have the resources to sort this thing. And uh, the circumstances start to shift and change in a way that uh, that 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 um and they start using the word like miraculous because they they can't explain how things have turned out the way they have except that they know that they have been provoked by their need to cry out to God uh, for His help and intervention and so if you haven't had that felt that need to do that if 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 that's if if you haven't been seeing the need uh, in a personal way um, it doesn't look to you like an answer to prayer because you weren't praying but if you are actually looking to God for, for an outcome and, and, it, and it happens well then you know that this was not just a happenstance but uh, this wasn't just a coincidence but this was this was um, more likely to be an act of God. And it's always a, um, you know, it's always got that personal dynamic to it. You know, uh, how does it fit in the whole story of our relationship with the living God? 
I, I, I think, uh, you know, when I look back over my life, I've, I've had a number of examples like that where I've, I've uh, been in a situation where I was completely uh, helpless. And, uh, and I think that one of the great tragedies of living in a society like this that seeks to, where, where say, government, say, wants to take the, the, the role of God and wants to meet our every need so that we never have a reason to cry out to God you know, but we just send a letter to the government or whatever. Uh, you know, we never get the opportunity to experience the personalness of God uh, in that way because, uh, you know, we don't see any reason. And yet, you know, oh, pardon me going on. Uh, I was just um, in church yesterday and just across the aisle from me, there was a man who's very, very wealthy man. And I just watched him and I thought, oh, he's got the onset of Parkinson's. And there's a dear man, you know, who all the money in the world, but he faces an issue that at the present moment, medicine can ameliorate, but it can't cure. And uh, he, he needs more than money. He needs miracle. We are reminded that we all may need to rely on a miracle at some point in our lives. Coming back to the people who have risen here, Charles, people who've not participated in any sort of uh, active process before uh, when it comes to this type of thing with an election campaign. And there's a lot of people, as I understand it, have been putting their hands up like an army of people who've been responding to all sorts of different groups, Christian groups around the country, trying to get word out because of the very serious issues uh, that had been faced. And I'm mindful of the idea of an army that goes into battle. Uh, and expectant that there'll be some deliverance from God. Uh, but they still have to go into battle in the first place. So there is this connection, isn't there, between the miracle that God brings in a reprieve like we've seen and the fact that there were people who were prepared to go into battle. What are your thoughts about this connection between miracles and and the faith of people? The phrase that comes to my mind is that there's a description in the Bible about God as the Lord of hosts, um, the Lord of of great crowds, of throngs. And the word host was used uh, not exclusively about uh, soldiers. What it does is it reminds us that those people, before they are soldiers, they are fathers and sons and uncles and aunts and sisters and brothers. And so, you know, it's that, that we have this existence before we are soldiers. Soldiers is one of the roles. So one of the great passages, the great um, um, uh, metaphors of, uh, of, of, of Scripture is how, uh, and, uh, how what the, uh, the early uh, Israelites would have to do is they would, they would take, they would take their, their plowshare, which was the metal strip that was on the front of their plow, and they would, they would, they would uh, take it off the plow and they'd take it down to the, to the, um, the ironsmith, the blacksmith, and he would turn it into a sword. Or they would take the pruning hook and he would reheat it and rebeat it into the shape of a spear. And, uh, and, and before they were soldiers, they were farmers. They were meeting the needs of their families and their communities. And um, so uh, I always, um, I'm a little reticent about uh, characterizing us in this sense of just soldiers. We are fathers and farmers and brothers and sisters and mothers and, and lovers before we are killers, you know, who, who wants that role? We don't want that role. We don't like this context of, of conflict because we know that so often the people on the other side of the political fence, they too are just like us. We have the same flesh and blood. 
and uh, and this is not a so Paul comes in with this magnificent language where he says remember we are not wrestling against flesh and blood we're not wrestling against our neighbors here you know we are wrestling for the good of all we, we're looking for the good and the right of all and and this is a complex issue and people you know have different views on what is uh, the good and right for all and 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 I, I I participated you know as a as a kind of a helper on my local booth on um, uh, on the on election day uh, just to do my bit for democracy and I was there for democracy you know and the guys from get up came and sort of I was I was at the gate helping people find their parking space because you know all, everybody comes at once and somebody has to direct the traffic <laughs> so I'm directing the traffic and the bloke from get up sees me all geared up and my political flavor of a political flavor and he says thank if I helped him get up today, <laughs> you know, I just smacked him on the arm and I said, in my heart, you know, I wish I'd been smart enough, but in my heart I said, mate, I'm helping democracy. I'm helping the nation, you know, and if that means helping you park, as it turns out, he was thrown off the site for being a naughty boy. <laughs> okay. All right. I hope you didn't smack him on the arm too hard. That no, could be a that no. could be an assault. Oh, it's, just so, oh, it's so wonderful to be an Australian, you I know. know. Yeah. In a situation like that, you know, before we were political, we were human beings. <laughs> yes. Charles, let's take a just a moment to pause because I've invited listeners to participate in our conversation a little earlier today and yeah. uh, let's take a call. Val is on the line from Mackay. Hello Val, welcome. Hi. Val, what are your Val. thoughts? Uh, how do you feel about uh, what's happened uh, on the weekend? Well, uh, God called his people to prayer. Yeah. Um, three weeks prayer and fasting before That's the elections right. and this is his answer. And it shows God is very interested in the affairs of our nation. Yes. And um, it was prophesied uh, by a visiting speaker some time ago, and this is back when Mr Turnbull was still the Prime Minister, that uh, Australia would have a spirit-filled Prime Minister. Okay. And, uh, wow. I stood and watched our Christian values getting eroded and... Our freedoms are being attacked, and we need a we need to keep praying. We are warriors. We are against principalities and powers, and spiritual wickedness in high places, who have vested interests in seeing our country go downhill. <laughs> and we need to keep praying, and we need to support our new prime minister. And we need to fight for our Christian values. Val, uh, good the thoughts night. there. A uh, thought from you, Charles, uh, on what Val's sharing. Well, Val's an example, isn't she, of somebody who's been praying and she's seen a powerful answer to prayer. And so for her, this is very clearly a miracle, isn't it? This is an act of God. It's not just um, smart political manoeuvring. And uh, I think, uh, I, you know, I think that's 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 how it is. You know, I call this ScoMo's miracle. Um, this is um, this is a miracle for those of us that have been praying. But I, I would like to say to Val that the thing about principalities and powers is, you know, um, and this is a personal experience, Val, that from my own situation. Sometimes we are we do not understand what is influencing us. 
sometimes we do things and it's only afterwards that we realize, oh, I was in the wrong spirit there. You know, I was in the wrong spirit. And so I think that um, this is uh, this is the thing that uh, we have to learn to, 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 to love our neighbor in spite of the fact that sometimes they are under powerful delusions. And it is an age when it's so important. And I say this with as much passion as I can say it. It's so important for God's people to live in such a way that the light of Christ can be clearly seen in us. That who he is, his character, can be clearly seen in God's people, uh, so that uh, so that they they're not misguided by the by the sad fact that sometimes the church is less than glorious. Val from Mackay, thank you so much for your input. Our talkback line is open, 1-800-316-316. You might like to respond, uh, give us your impressions. Uh, how about the idea of talking about miracles? You might like to have your own say, 1-800-316-316. You can also leave a note on our Facebook page. I, for one, Charles, am reluctant to be gloating on a coalition victory because as a Christian believer, I have a perhaps a appreciation that God is God and that God is not a coalition supporter, neither is he a Labour no. supporter. God is God, and there is a certain sense in which gloating on victory and aligning yourself with one side of politics actually is uh, has its own dangers because uh, we need perhaps as Christian believers to be holding every political flavour to account according to the truth of God. Uh, what are your thoughts for uh, for people who might be thinking that somehow or other God is conservative uh, in the sense of uh, he supports a, a partic- particular political side when when I don't think he does? No, I agree with you. I, th- I think this is part of the challenge of being a, a Christian, you know, that... that um, and it's always been this, that that from the very beginning of the Christian church, we... There was this complication in our lives now that we were citizens of two kingdoms. You know, we were we were citizens of our natural kingdom or our natural political entity, and we were also citizens of God's kingdom. And we had to try to find this complex way of managing how our faith affects our life in the world. And uh, one of the things that we see with um, with the current prime minister is the way in which he he has to constantly walk that line. And conservative Christians often feel that he doesn't take a, a strong enough line, you know, because they would like him to turn Parliament into Sunday school. Um, but it's not. It's it's um, it, it's an environment where people of all faiths and no faiths meet together to try to work things out for the good of the nation. And so, I think that while we do need to. As Christians, we need to align ourselves with um, with, with the political uh, reality of our society. We we must not disengage. We mustn't leave it to people who have no faith. You know, we desperately need more people who have a responsible sense of of the common good. You know, a moral responsibility to the common good that comes from their faith. We need them not just in the positions of power, but in all in the whole structure of our society, in education, in health, in in government. All all over the place, God's people are salt and light, and, and we need to live that way. Let's take another call. Graham is on the line from Cleveland in Queensland. Hello, Graham. Welcome. Hello there. Graham, what are your thoughts? Um, I've just got a couple of points that sort of follows on from the comment you made about not gloating. Um, and I guess the, uh, the, first, um, the first point is I think um, the government has a very close uh, margin 
in terms of its ability to function. Um, so nothing is absolutely clear, and I think that's probably part of um, perhaps part of the Lord's way of saying, you know, there are more players in this, and, and so there's some um, discussion, and, and there's going to have to be a whole bunch of consultation to um, for the government to put its agenda forward, which I think is a is a good thing, and it's a great that we have a Christian prime minister. And the second one is I think we have dodged a bit of a bullet, and I think we've got up to three years to sort things out. Otherwise, we can be faced with the same dilemma again. So I, I, there's no way we can rest. Um, the Lord's done a great thing, but we we can't rest on our own uh, and sit back and relax now. We still have to move forward um, and putting the um, Christian values uh, forward. Hey, Charles, your thoughts for Graham? Yes, Graham, I agree with you, and it's so encouraging to hear somebody speak the way you have. And uh, I, I think about miracles, you know, that miracles, <laughs> God miracles, things that God does, never never takes away the personal and moral responsibility of the people for whom he performs miracles. You know, he, if he favours us in some way, because, um, you know, another one of the words that we might get to is the fact that the Prime Minister said at the end of his uh, his sort of celebration speech, he said, God bless Australia, you know, and this whole idea of God favouring us uh, in some way, you know, that we have a moral responsibility to manage that in, in terms and in keeping with the character of the God who is blessing us and favouring us. And that means being exactly not gloating, but having this 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 sense of what is good and right and best for all and working uh, in that sense with a deep sense of moral responsibility every day I get up and everything that I do, I do it as unto God because I'm doing it in the sight of God. So it, it, you're right. Uh, and, I, uh, and, you know, once again, thank you for your comment because it's great to hear such um, common sense, good sense and such spiritual judgment. Thank you so much to Graham in Cleveland, and our talkback line remains open. You might like to join in our conversation today, even if it's your impression as to how things have happened over the weekend. And uh, as Charles reflects, the Prime Minister saying, God bless Australia, at the end of his speech on Saturday night, I wonder what your thoughts might be about the invitation for God's favour which is what that, that that expression really says. What are your thoughts about the Prime Minister of the Nation saying, God, we invite your favour on Australia? Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. 1-800-316-316. Talkback lines open a little earlier today. For your impressions about the outcome of the election on the weekend, Charles Newington from Family Voice Australia is our guest. Uh, Charles, we'll take some more calls in just a few moments, but uh, there's been news that's been breaking even in this last uh, 15, 20 minutes we've been talking, and it looks like the coalition now has actually got the count uh, to have the majority in place. What are your thoughts about those developments? Uh, yes, well, um, I, I just went back to the ABC website, you know, Anthony Green, who is such a sage on these issues. And actually, I noticed on the last thing that he said uh, that um, he was talking about the, the, the you know, the, the, the seats in doubt. And um, 
uh, and he, he, I noticed actually that he was saying that, so far as, I'll quote him, he says, as far as I'm concerned on the numbers to come, Bass will be the uh, 76th seat because he's noticing that postals and absent votes favour the coalition in Bass and they're already ahead. So, um, you know, he's, he's sort of going ahead there. And then he's, uh, Wentworth has already been conceded. Dr. Karen, uh, Karen Phelps has conceded Wentworth to Dave Chalmer. And, uh, uh, and the, so that's Bass and Wentworth uh, that, that bring them up to the 76. And then Chisholm is also moving in that direction in the count this morning. So while it hasn't been actually formally conceded, um, uh, the numbers are not moving away from the, uh, from the coalition. They're moving toward it. So that's the seat 77. So uh, that's where we're at at the present moment. Things, of course, can change, but there's, uh, that's where it is at the moment. And we'll be updating details not only in Vision National News uh, but also we'll check in just a short while with our own number cruncher who's uh, joining us in the studio in just a few minutes, uh, Dave Beard. But we're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Julia is in Brisbane. Hello, Julia. Welcome along. Hi there. Hello, Charles. Hello, Julia. Julia, Um, what are your thoughts? um, Well... Hmm. I I also have been praying. We've all been praying for for this election. We all got uh, a bit of a shock when um, Israel Folau and uh, free speech and all that sort of issues started happening. So um, got us all moving. But um, I, I tend to think that 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 as a people, you know, Australia, we get we get the leadership that we kind of deserve in a way, mm. and. Um, I think it's just been God's grace that we've that we've got this this government in just just at the nick of, in the nick of time. But um, I'm I'm wondering if it's a if it's a call to the church that that we've got to start getting serious and we've got to start um, getting moving on um, being serious about our Christianity and our following Jesus. Julia, good thoughts there. A certain sense in which uh, it does appear that Christians have risen to the occasion, recognising the threat uh, that was coming with uh, those issues around freedoms and all sorts of other very, very significant issues. Uh, And there could be a time, Charles, when some might think, oh, well, time to slump back into the armchair. What are your thoughts? Uh, Julia, thank you for your comments. I agree with you. And I do think... um, you know, using kind of the pictures from the Bible again, I think in many ways this has been another story like Gideon's Mighty Men. You know that that um, that minority of Christians who uh, who blew the trumpet and lit the lamp. Um, I think the majority of people uh, go about their lives with no no intention of being indolent or disengaged. They're just running so hard to pay the bills and and get the kids to ballet or whatever it is. Um, so, um, I, I, and I think that that is the nature actually of life, that uh, that um, God raises up um, a minority of people that, that actually become the people that do the praying and that do the engagement. But having said that, um, I, I, I think as, um, as one of the previous callers said that um, one of the problems that the, ch- the church has is that um, Christian leaders, and I've been um, a Christian leader, well, I'm, I'm, you know, small scale, little L leader, 
for most of my life, and I've recognised the tension of um, of of not being too political in the local church, uh, because you you don't you know it's it's all your instinct as a Christian leader is to keep the thing together, to keep the community together, and not to polarise it. And uh, and politics is one of those very polarising things, and so. Um, while we may, for instance, want to focus upon some of the moral issues like, um, you know, same-sex marriage or freedom of speech and freedom of religion like the Israel Falau situation, we want to focus on these things. But there's a political dynamic to these things that that we're so conscious of the fact that uh, it sort of splits the opinion. And uh, and so I'm very grateful that there are organisations like Family Voice and uh, Australian Christian Lobby and others that are kind of run alongside the local church and enable people that are a bit more provoked about these things to operate um in in that in that way as well um so the big word that i have in my heart about this is um is we must not disengage uh, you know local churches must not disengage local uh, local christians must engage in your local situation uh, because your local situation really needs you Julia from Brisbane, thank you so much. You can leave a note too on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. And Brad says it's important that the church doesn't rest on the miracle of a coalition victory and becomes actively involved in public discussion about Christian values and freedoms. And uh, that's so much reinforcing the sorts of things that uh, you're talking about there, Charles. Let's take another call. Chris is on the line from Victoria. Hello, Chris. Welcome. Uh, good day, Charles. Good day, Neil. Yeah, you're right, Neil. God doesn't support any particular party, but the ladies also right. Christians were really motivated, and they went to war on their knees. And uh, you know, we don't have to get political, but we can remind God of certain things. And uh, one of the things is that righteousness exalts a nation, and under the wicked, the people groan. So people were praying that. People also reminding God that He blesses anything Israel and curses anything uh, who curses Israel. Uh, Israel the land, Israel for now. Dave Sharma, who was a ambassador to Israel, and also people who caused children to stumble. God says, you know, better if they put a millstone around their neck. And uh, I think God put a millstone around the neck of a couple of people who would cause children to stumble, really shorten the biggest millstone, and uh, just um, Karen Phelps. So uh, we can remind God of these things. We don't have to, you know, be political and say, belong to this party, that party, and God will give you the wisdom then uh, which party to vote for. Hey Chris, good thoughts in there. Uh, a response from Charles? Yeah, it's um, <laughs> you know, I, Chris, um, you know, I, you, you you quote that passage uh, about righteousness, you know, uh, that exalts a nation, and I found it very helpful to understand the spirit of righteousness and the spirit of righteousness is the selflessness of God, the selflessness of God, that God is never acting in his own interest. He's always acting for what is right and best. And that's what he calls us to do as his people. And I, I, I get sometimes a bit concerned when we have these these marvellous outcomes that, that Christians might become triumphalist and kind of feel a sense of entitlement. You know, God heard us and his favour is upon us, so, you know, anything we do, he will bless and empower. Um, no, the spirit, that, uh, the spirit that he blesses is this willingness to, to live sacrificial lives and to live lives that are in the best interest of our families and our communities and our nation and, and not to live selfish lives. So one thing, 
we must not go back to that armchair that somebody talked about recently and sort of say, whew, dodged a bullet, bullet. I'll go and get a tinny out of the fridge and, and sit there and watch the footy. Of course, that's part of life. But in our hearts, we, we are here for more than um, just our own personal benefit and comfort. And, um, and I, I'm... All I can do in that, Chris, is, is to, to, to be a prayerful person and to sort of say, God, save me from selfishness. Save me from entitlement. Save me from thinking that, that, that you did this because I'm one of your favorite sons and I'm, I'm like little Tommy Tucker. I stuck my, you know, plum in the dish, my, my thumb in the dish and out came a plum. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm not. I, I am just like everybody else that needs God all the time and, uh, so um, when I look at the people, you know, that, that seem to be on the other side of the fence and that seem to be, um, you know, uh, kind of captives to unrighteousness or whatever, um, uh, remember where, where the story ends and uh, let's be merciful and let's be prayerful and let's love their souls. Okay, thank you so much to Chris for your insight today and we'll continue to take some calls. Just uh, wrapping up our conversation, Charles, uh, you've uh, you've been writing a few bits and pieces uh, about this. No doubt there'll be some posts on your uh, website for Family Voice Australia and uh, to point people there and a lot of people will be asking where to from here and uh, this idea of where to from here for those Christian leaders who are engaging with these types of comments uh, there is a sort of a realignment that's happening in here and I wonder whether uh, just a, a quick response for uh, for a where to from here for Christian believers because uh, as we say it's not a matter of slumping back into the armchair but it's a matter of uh, actually continuing the engagement. Uh, what are your thoughts for where to? On a, you know, on a street level, on, you know, for the, uh, the every, every man, every woman, citizen uh, of Australia, never underestimate the value of your influence in your local community, which might be your place of work or the school where your kids are at. Never underestimate it. Be God's person in that situation because there are so many other people that are living in the dark and they need somebody who'll hold out the light. And, uh, and it's, it's in that way that their, that their sense of moral conscience is reawakened because because they see somebody that's acting in a selfless, loving way. And, uh, and it, so at the base level, that's how we are salt and light. And, and, and we have an impact and, and learn to love your community and pray for your community and be God's people in that community because the, we know that the fundamentals in this society, they are not going to be resolved politically. The church, the church has been redeemed from its from a selfish way of life that is so terribly destructive and now we've got to live that reality out. We have received grace. Aren't we, aren't we blessed? Share it, share it, share it, share it, share it and let it go where the river will take it because it's going to take it into changed hearts and changed homes and, uh, and it's going to bring light and salt back into the community. So at a base level, uh, I, really, uh, I really encourage us never to underestimate the value of our little lives that we sometimes think don't matter. They do. Charles Newington, who's the National Director of Family Voice Australia. Charles, uh, always appreciate your insights and uh, thanks for reflecting on these things with us today on 2020. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au And remember, Vision is listener supported. 
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.